Blog Talk. Hi everyone, Happy New Year and welcome to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchipreneur who wants one. I'm your host Marty McDermott, with my co-host Don Johnson, and if you've ever dreamed about owning your own business, and you've come to the right place, we have a great show today. We're meeting with Jody Scott and Brad James of the Superior Wash Franchise Opportunity. And Superior Wash is a national 24-hour mobile fleet washing company. The company is a leader in the fleet washing industry and services Fortune 500 clients such as Coca-Cola, FedEx, UPS, and Budweiser. And that's coming up in segment two of Franchise Interviews. Stick around because we've got a great show. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews, as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Need a business loan? Talk to Diamond Financial Services, the experts in franchise financing nationwide. Whether you're looking to start a franchise, acquire an existing franchise, or expand your territory through opening new locations, Diamond Financial stands by your side start to finish. From pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process, Diamond Financial is there. While you're waiting, thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true. Don't wait any longer. Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's franchisefunding.net, 877-508-2274. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Interviews, where we're asking the franchisor who owns one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott, my co-host, Don Johnson. And if you've ever dreamed of owning your own business, then you've come to the right place. Don, welcome back to another edition of Franchise Interviews. Happy New Year, my friend. Same to you, Marty. How are you? How are your holidays and everything? Good. It went by uh, too fast, though. You know, it's, uh, right. I think this is the longest break you and I have ever had from doing the show. It was three weeks. Right. So, uh right kind of a joke before the show, I, I ask you if you remember how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like you're starting all over again, you know, but yeah, no, it's great to be back, and yeah. you know, 2009, this is our third year of doing the show, so it's just uh, just really exciting, but yeah, holidays went great, you know, as, as you know, my son is, uh, he's 15 months now, so we kind of um, enjoyed, you know, the holidays a little more this year. Right, because you can see some excitement with him opening some gifts. Exactly. You yeah. Know, next year will be even better, and uh, I know right. for you it was a blast this year as well. Oh yeah, yeah. My twins. Uh, it's fun even leading up to Christmas and the holidays. Uh, them them letting us know what what they want for Christmas and the whole thing with Santa Claus. But then the pressure was on for us to make sure we get some of the gifts. <laughs> it's not easy. 
No, I imagine. Were you able to get everything? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. They're, they're happy. It was great. Had in-laws in, get together with my family. We all live uh, close with each other, my right. immediate family. So uh, it's nice. Nice having a little time off. And, um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to this year with the show. Oh, absolutely. Well, last show we met with Christine Specht of the uh, Cousin Subs franchise opportunity, and I was really impressed with uh, the show. What were your thoughts on three weeks ago, if you can remember? Yeah, yeah I don't remember. Can we, it was a while ago. You know, next subject. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, great show. She obviously had a lot of passion for the company. It's her family business, and mm-hmm. she, you know, I, I guess was doing something else and came back into it and, right. and uh, really uh, loves what she's doing. It's funny the name of their franchise. Uh, you know, I think it was cousins who actually started the franchise. What was it her father and uncle? So, I guess it was her father, and I guess that would be her second cousin. Um, that's the late Jim Shepard. And uh, yeah, I you know I never thought about the name either. You know, as far as how they came up with it. But uh, you know, when she started telling me the story, I said, "Well, that makes sense." You know, right. <laughs> started by two cousins. You know, and uh, uh, you know, you and I are both big fans of subs. You know, and there was a big need in that part of the country at that time, especially. You know, right. for. Uh, like a northeastern kind of sub, you know, and uh, right. uh, so they really found a niche in the market. And uh, yeah, I mean, this this was a, a company that was started before I think Christine was even born. So she was actually born into this business. I mean, that's you know what she knows, and uh, you could just sense her passion, couldn't you? I mean, right. Michelle. Yeah. I mean, she's just uh, you know really. I, I I I think this is the person to uh, you know take him into the next uh, decade. You know, right. and. Uh, just steer the ship, and the leadership is just so important. I like how she um, she actually made a tour. If you remember this, Don, she I think she visited every franchisee when she was promoted to the uh, the president position. Right. You know, and, and I think they have that very like big family uh, kind of atmosphere. I like the business model as well. It's it's low inventory. I would say you know go as far as saying it's, it's recession proof. You know, again, this isn't a big purchase. Right. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of studies that when the you know, economy is not doing so well, people eat a little more. I don't know if you've heard that, but uh, I think Yum! brand sales are up as well. Right. Eat, eat a little more. They're, they're careful what food they're buying. And I exactly. guess it gives the advantage to some of the places where it's, it's good food plus the you know, lower price. Absolutely. I like the story she told, too, and I'd like to have them on the show of their first franchisee. Um, I don't know how many years he's, he's, he's been with Cousins, but I know it's... Right probably over 20 years, I guess, at this point, or 30 years even. But um, he has, or he owns now, six Cousin Subs franchises, and three of his employees are actually, they're now franchisees, if you can imagine that. You know, so, I mean, that says a lot, you know, for the employee to say, wow, this is a great model, this is a great atmosphere, I think I can do this, or I think I would like this. And again, you have to, uh, as Christine said, you have to love food, and you have to love serving people, you know, and... uh, you can do that. You, know, you can do very well with this franchise system. It's not for everybody, as she said, but uh, you know, if you have those characteristics, you'll do very well. So, right, I'd like to definitely have them back sometimes toward the end of like 2009. Right. Yeah, it's a great story. Show. Just watch them continue to grow. You know. So, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So, what do we have going on today and over the next, uh, I guess, several weeks? Yeah, today uh, we're having Superior Wash franchise on. Uh, uh, so we're looking forward to that. There. Fleet, uh, well, they're they're a leader in the fleet washing industry. They mm-hmm. serve a lot of Fortune 500 companies, so we'll hear their their whole story. Looking forward to that. Uh, next week, we're having a franchise called Naturel on. Uh, Mike Nero's a CEO, uh, a carpet cleaning franchise. I guess he came up with his own right. product. Uh, pretty interesting. Interesting concept. Yeah, and then after that, we have a franchise called Shelf Genie. So we have a it's couple a really of really neat concepts. Yeah, I mean, this is what's know. interesting about the show, Marty. We, you know, like. Uh, uh, today and the next couple of weeks, we have a couple of franchises on that maybe aren't, you know, they're probably, uh, well, at least Superior Wash, household name in their industry, but a couple of franchises maybe people haven't heard of. Exactly. And, you know, not yeah. everyone in the world has heard of them, you know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, this is right. the way to do it. You know, come on the show and, and um, you know, get the word out. But uh, I think, you know, Superior Wash, you know, and we'll talk about this when, when we have them uh, in segment two, but it's an important service, you know. I mean, having yeah. your trucks clean. Um, I mean, the truck really represents the company, doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of right. like an ad, so you can say, you know, you don't typically see like a dirty Coca-Cola truck or UPS or FedEx. I mean, those things are usually spotless, you know, and I was telling you a funny story, you know, driving into, you know, when I drive into Brooklyn to see my family, sometimes you see those 
trucks and the real right. dirty, and it says wash me on it. You right. know, and I said that's a representation of the business, you know, so it really is a very important service if you think about it. That, that's an ad, right. and it represents the image of the company, and, and, and tens of thousands of people see that, that truck every day. So, uh, Not only that, it maybe just protects the paint, protects the, the, the truck uh, for, from wear and tear, and and yeah, just the, the the you know the image of the company very important. It's a good Absolutely. point. And le- uh, ne- also next month, Marty, we're having on uh, a couple franchises as well. Um, having we on Jersey cousins. Mike subs. Yeah, we have Jersey another. Mike. That's right. I was going to say cousins. Yeah, I'm very well known with them, and uh, also having the CEO of Hollywood Tans franchise on. Wow, that's fantastic. And I don't so, think we've uh, had a tanning. Um, that's not true. We have, haven't we? Uh, we have had a tanning franchise, Sunset Tan. I right, L.A. Sunset Tans, yeah, right, that famous, was uh, you know, um, probably about a year ago. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you forget we've done so many shows up to this point, but uh, right. yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. It should be great. That's yeah, you, you're, you're, you're a little rough around the edges coming back. I told you, it was no more vacations <laughs> for us because I usually have these shows down. You know, I can tell you what date they were played on and who was the guest and, uh, you know, right. I, I, I kind of got away from the show for three weeks, you know. I said, you know what, I'm really going to take a vacation this time, and uh, yeah. yeah. So coming back, it's uh, I feel invigorated, you know. Well, there's so, a lot uh, going on in franchising, Marty. Uh, this weekend, the Franchise Expo South at the Miami Beach Convention Center, January 9th to the 11th. Uh, you know, three days. People wanting information. This is one of the you know bigger franchise shows uh, throughout the uh, the country and throughout right. the year. Uh, you, you go to franchiseexposouth.com. Okay. Get all the information on that, and then uh, uh, upcoming shows from the Franchise and Business Opportunities Expo. I guess Houston, Texas is having a show January 24th and 25th, and then uh, in Minneapolis, uh, early part of February 7th and 8th, has a show coming up. People want information on those two shows can go to usfranchiseexpos.com. Yeah, and I think it's important, Don, you know, that you're mentioning the shows, you know, because, again, we've, we've acquired a lot of new listeners over the last several months, and, uh, you know, although we have spoken about it, this may be the first time they're hearing it, the shows are really a great way to learn more about the franchise, you know. It's uh, right. for a lot of fun, too, you know, and some of them are a little smaller than others, so you may get that more intimate feel, you know, right. and, and some of them are massive, you know. I mean, the one in Miami, that's, that's a pretty big one, isn't it? It's uh, Yes, Pretty big I think event. this is only in its third year, but I've heard a lot of good things mm-hmm. about it. It's so growing, successful. A lot of the franchisors are happy, and you know, there's all kinds of ways to hear about franchise opportunities, like this show, for example. But it's always great to go meet person, uh, you know, one on one, and see a whole bunch of concepts and franchises all just in one room. It's great. Absolutely. Here's something, Marty, from Advertising Age. Domino's goes on taste test attack against Subway. Oh wow! This is pretty big news here. By Emily Bryce in New York out of Chicago. Domino's is running a new campaign designed to hit Subway right in the $5 footlong. <laughs> it says, new, new comparative taste test spots from Crispin Porter and Bogusky tout results from the latest in a string of national taste tests that claim underdog superiority, in this case, for sub-sandwiches sold by pizza purveyor Domino's. From the beginning, we were confident that our oven-baked sandwiches would be more appealing to consumers than the subs at Subway, Domino CEO David Brandon said in a statement. It's a pretty bold statement, you know, a pizza franchise saying they have a better product than, than Subway. Uh, we, we knew we would win in any side-by-side comparison, but the margin of victory was overwhelming even to us. Having two-thirds of a national study prefer your product over the leader is virtually unheard of until now. Pretty interesting. Attack ads have been on the rise in the rough economy, with everyone from Microsoft to Campbell Soup leaping into the fray. But taste tests are also becoming increasingly common. Dunkin' Donuts launched the first cannonball with its Dunkin' Beat Starbucks campaign from Agency uh, Hill Holiday uh, in October. Campbell's was close behind with a campaign from Agency BBDO New York, trumpeting uh, Select Harvest taste test success against Progresso. Uh, but it was another Crispin campaign for Burger King that made the biggest waves, for better or worse, with Whopper virgins and the spots researchers asked Thai villagers, Transylvanian farmers, and Greenland fishermen if they prefer Whoppers or Big Macs. Wow. <laughs> now, I remember that, you know, if you if you go back, Scott, to when we were kids, Don, I mean, I remember, you know, the Whopper going head-to-head with right. the Big yeah. Mac, but I haven't seen, you know, uh, this kind of advertising for a long time, so this might be a new trend that's taking place, you know, between yeah. the franchisees, you know, and uh, I think it's a great thing, you know, the competition is 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 good. 
It actually right. increases yeah. business, by the way. So uh, it's really good for everybody. So Subway is also arguably the industry's leader in health and wellness, thanks in part to pitchman Jared Fogel. Uh, we're providing information about calories and fat so consumers can make informed choices uh, about what they eat. But I guess uh, the interesting thing about this article, I, I guess in good times are bad, but especially rough times, tough economy, I guess you've got to really you know, push up your, your, your advertising. And you know, I, I guess more of this uh, um, you know, taste test or this mm-hmm. more aggressive type of advertising, I guess, is, you know, is what happens during a time like this. Yeah, it works very well, too. You know, uh, the studies have shown that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to watch and see what happens. Maybe we'll get both of them on the show at the same time, huh? And have some type of, uh, yeah, <laughs> that some would be type of talk-off on, uh, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess uh, staying in line with the top economy, uh, 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 McDonald's is saying they're well-positioned and face at a recession. Uh, McDonald's Corp. Uh, is shielded against recession and has hardly been hit by the international financial crisis. Uh, Chief Executive Jim Skinner was quoted as saying recently, worldwide turbulence is barely affecting our business. We are growing worldwide, especially in Europe, and have significant gains at the moment, also in Germany. Uh, The fast food chain would be in better position without the global financial crisis and a significant rise in food prices. Uh, He says McDonald's seems well positioned for a recession. you know, this, this kind of goes in line with what you said earlier, I guess, during rougher times. Young time. Brands, yeah, I know yeah. Young Brands is, is doing particularly well. I think they said KFC is, uh, I, care, I think it was on CNN or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, and I kind of thought about it. I said, why? You know, and I guess it makes sense. I mean, it's not an expensive product, you yeah. know, and, and maybe right. people eat a little more, you know, during these kind of times, you know. Yeah. I mean, you might not go out to a local restaurant you like. It's family right. of four or five. Uh, you might just say, hey, let's just pick up a pizza, which is... Exactly. Well, they call it comfort food, you know, don't they? You know, it's just you know makes you feel better, you know. So, right. uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's interesting. Here's something, Marty. Franchising hotspots uh, through Entrepreneur Magazine, written by Sarah Wilson. Which franchise categories hold the most promise for 2009? Uh, the world of franchising is as dynamic as ever. Every year, new franchise concepts emerge, ex- existing ones expand, and opportunities abound for individuals interested in getting into business for themselves via franchising. The constant ebb and flow of franchising keeps us riveted year after year as we study the patterns revealed through our surveys and rankings. You know, I love that word, riveted. You know, that's interesting. Uh, this year we've uncovered eight franchising categories that hold promise for '09. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first one we've talked about a lot last couple of years: uh, senior care. Topping our list year after year, senior care is far from a newbie, but it's a category that remains as vibrant and vital as ever. What's driving the opportunity? Growth is largely due to demographics. The U.S. Census Bureau projects that there will be substantial increase in the number of seniors between 2010 and 2030, after the first baby boomers turned 65 in 2011. Right. So take care of, uh, cater to, or provide services for America's aging population, and you might just have a booming business. America's seniors will soon be in need of lots of helping hands, uh, interesting, uh, you know, we knew about that, but they have it on top of their uh, category. Oh, I agree, you know, and I hate to pat myself on the back, but as I mentioned on the show, you know, in 1999 I was interviewed um, by the L.A. Times, and they said, you know, what um, category would you steer someone towards? And I said, you know, look towards the senior care, you know, and, and it's just right. it's even bigger now, you know, uh, than it was back in 1999. So uh, I'll also give you a pat on the back if back then if you said frozen yogurt. I didn't. <laughs> that's the I next one. <laughs> Not only is delicious, but frozen yogurt is also turning out to be simply irresistible. Business, Pinkberry, Red Mango are so hot that even the hottest celebrities are frequenting them for cool, healthy treats. As a result, the market is exploding. Uh, Siafori, a frozen yogurt franchise in City of Industry, California, first opened its doors in 2006. This year, it plans to open 50 more uh, units nationwide and has set its sights on international market. Wow. So frozen yogurt's growing. Pets, in tough times, pet owners tend to scrimp on pet toys and products, but they still shell out the dough to ensure that their pets stay healthy and happy. While growth in the pet retail sector seems to have come to a standstill, franchise, uh, franchises offering pet services like training, daycare, and grooming are at the head of the pack. It's not surprising. Someone has to take care of the 74.8 million-owned dogs and 88.3 million owned cats in the U.S. Oh my God! Did you Pretty imagine? incredible. What is that? Oh, Big I'm, market. I'm not good at math. Well, I'm, I'm in the financing business. That's it's a lot. Well, we know over 150 million. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a huge market, you know. And it's interesting as you're reading, you know, these articles, Don. You say, 
you know, what trends are taking place here in the United States, you know, and it does make sense. I mean, the pet has certainly elevated in status over the last decade, you know. I mean, you see right. people, you know, walking around. I've never seen so many people even, like, walking in the mall with their pets or going right. to banks or whatever it may be, you know. It's just, it's unusual, you know, getting them sweaters. And so you right. can see something's going on with the pet. I think they're increasing their status here in the States, you know. So um, people are yeah. spending a lot of money. I know your family... Um, has pets. I think doesn't use your mom have a couple dogs. Or yeah, we, like we, we've always had dogs for you, you know, know and, for many and, years. Yeah. I remember you telling a funny story once. I, I use this. I, you had to give the dogs was it Evian water or something? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't regular tap water. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah we, we, were, we were watching my parents' dog and exactly. the hell list of things to do and I was they, like, they oh were oh my eat, god yeah the, the, the dog was eating and drinking better than uh, you know my family. Uh, so it was, that was the funny thing. I, I always remember that. So it was just uh, yeah. Says here, estimated by the American Pet Products Manufacturers Association, uh, they, uh, that pet spending last year totaled about 43.4 billion, up from 41.2 billion in 07. So that's increasing. Um, Next, we have children's services. This is another regular mm-hmm. on the franchising trends list. As Americans will always have a soft spot for their offspring. In fact, our nation is so focused on its children that even in the worst of times, franchises serving children's needs continue to grow. Uh, according to their research, children's franchises collectively grew by almost 600 in their U.S. franchise count since 2008, uh, from fitness to tutoring to child care. If you're taking care of the children, then consumers will take care of you. And a side note here, in two of the franchise 500's children's services categories, the number one franchises have gone up in their overall rankings, and child care Goddard Systems rose from number 132 last year to number 105 this year. That's a pretty big job. Children's Fitness, the little gym rose from 145 to 126. Mm. Uh, child care, fitness, and tutoring are the big three categories. Uh, children's Fitness alone accounts for 244 of the 596 unit increase in children's focus franchises. Makes sense. I mean, you do see them growing a lot. I, I, I imagine in your area. I mean, they're right. very hot, you know, and, and the same over here. You know, there's uh, new franchises uh, going up in the child care right. industry. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Next one, Marty, party-slash-event-related services. In troubled times, perhaps the best remedy is to throw in some fun games. Franchises specializing in party entertainment and event planning are experiencing good times despite the down economy. Uh, Elite Trice, 34, and Benjamin Garland, 20, opened their Games to You franchise in Phoenix this past September and hit the ground running. Uh, by the first week in business, their franchise which specializes in providing video game entertainment at corporate events, birthday parties, and fundraisers had already booked 78 events. Wow, that one surprise you, or that was a little surprised when you said that one? But I guess it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, especially how it how it starts off with a bang like that. Sometimes yeah. it takes a while to build up. You're not used to being profitable in your first month or two. Right, but, right. Uh, people always spend money on entertainment, even in down economy, especially when their children or charities are involved. Good point. Next category, fitness. Health and wellness have been a top concern ever since mm-hmm. headlines warning of obesity took over the nation, but it's not the heavyweights like Curves and Gold's Gym that have captured our attention. Instead, we predict the more niche concepts like boxing and uh, prenatal and postnatal fitness yeah. will experience the healthiest growth in 09. Stephanie Ramirez uh, started offering prenatal and postnatal fitness to her West Knoxville, Tennessee community through her $20 million Stroller Strides franchise in 07. Wow. The franchise Stroller Strides. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's, that's interesting. I mean, it's just uh, um, it, that's, you know, someone that possibly we have to have on the show sometime during the year, you know, and just, right. uh, just very interesting and different concept, but it makes a lot of sense as well. She says, I have not lost one client as a result of the economy. I've had women tell me it's the best hour of their day. Wow. Next one is personal care. A little bit of pampering goes a long way, especially among men's salons, uh, barber shops, and massage services franchises, which have enjoyed vigorous growth over the last year. I definitely agree with that. I finance and work with some of these franchise systems in this category. One new player in the franchising world is the boardroom salon for men. The company, which offers hair and grooming services, just started franchising in 07, currently targeting the South and Southeast, uh, says Bruce Schultz, CEO and co-founder with his wife, Heather. The boardroom service uh, offering is a necessity for our clients, so that's interesting. Uh, and then the last category, Marty, green, simply. Uh, we don't have a category devoted to eco-friendly franchises, hmm. uh, but that certainly hasn't stopped us from noticing the effect the green movement has had on franchising. From franchises embracing the green angle, such as Pizza Fusion and Clean Air Lawn Care, 
to others that are playing up their green benefits, including Siltafry and and uh, Interstate yeah. All Battery Center. Wow, interesting. Seems like green is on everyone's mind. Sales of organic food, eco travel, high efficiency, uh, energy saving, water conservation products, and organic beauty products are growing at a faster rate than their conventional counterparts. So it's we got a powerful word today, isn't it? I mean, you use the word right. green, you know, and it's just. Uh, uh, you know, people start paying attention. You know, it does. It makes a lot of sense. Right. So those are the categories, uh, the hot spots in franchising for this next year. Senior care, frozen yogurt, pets, children's services, party and event-related services, fitness, personal care, and franchises embracing the green and um, eco-friendly good. franchise. So right, interesting good article. Yeah, very good. Good job. Well, why don't we take a quick break here, Don, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Franchise Interviews. For over two years now, Franchise Interviews has been giving you an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. And our weekly franchise radio show, where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisors, franchisees, franchise authors, experts, and attorneys. And our free franchise newsletter, which is a must-read for anyone looking to buy a franchise. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Need a business loan? Talk to Diamond Financial Services, the experts in franchise financing nationwide. Whether you're looking to start a franchise, acquire an existing franchise, or expand your territory through opening new locations, Diamond Financial stands by your side start to finish. From pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process, Diamond Financial is there. While you're waiting, thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true. Don't wait any longer. Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's FranchiseFunding.net, 
So we always, we always, yeah, we always like to start off asking our guests where you're calling from this morning. Um, Jersey. Oh, good. You're in uh, you're in Donson neck of the woods, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, well, Don's in Don's in the central part of uh, New Jersey. And, yeah, Jody, uh, based out of Monmouth County. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, no, yeah we're I'm actually in Manalapan. Oh, wow, very close, huh, Don? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A couple towns over from where I live. Interesting. Good. Oh, that's fantastic. We've never had that happen before. So yeah. That's fantastic. And I know your headquarters, Jody. Is it based? Are you guys in Florida? Yes, we are. Okay, fantastic. And Jody, what were you doing before starting Superior Watch? I heard it was a very interesting story. Yeah, well, uh, we used to. Uh, I used to manage uh, one of uh, another company mm-hmm. uh, called Pro Mobile. Uh, which was bought out by uh, our competitor, which is Fleetwash. Right, right. So actually, uh, I worked about two years with them. And, uh, you know, I met up with Vince, and, uh, you know, we, we decided to start our own business. And uh, we just branched out from there. Yeah, it was interesting because you guys were competitors, I guess, right, Jody, at, at one time? and Yes, we were all, all three of us were competitors, Broward <laughs> Mobile, Pro Mobile, and Fleetwash. Right, right. So it made a lot and, of sense, I guess, coming together. Yeah, we've seen all the systems, you know. Like I said, we looked at Fleet Wash. We, we knew how they operated it, and, you know, and we went from there. We, we created our own system, and then it worked out well. That's fantastic. So, so Jody, you, you, you were part of helping to form the Superior Wash brand, or, uh, or they were just impressed by your experience? It seemed like you, you were in the industry for a while, or, or, or did you help uh, also build Superior? Uh, you know, I, we, I helped. I helped build Superior Wash with Vince, and, uh, you know, we we, uh, we we put it all together, you know, step by step. And, uh, like I said, we we, we knew a lot of people, and we uh, we grew from there. Uh, so okay. maybe talk a little bit more about the history of the company. Uh, maybe tell us about the history. I mean, did you think about franchising right away, or is that something that came a little bit later? That came later. That came a lot later. That's good. I think Brad just joined us as well. Hey, Brad, how you doing this morning? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Yeah, Brad, I was, I was just uh, talking to Jody, and you know, maybe you can help here. Just talk a little bit about the history of the, you know, the company, how it how it started, and and when when you started franchising. Yeah, that, that there's a lot of history to our company, and it all started uh, way back in the day. Jody and uh, Vincent, two founders of the company, basically they've been doing flea washing since uh, high school, right out of high school. That's all they know. That's all they love to do. And uh, they're very good at it. They're very sharp operators on the retail end of the business. Right. And what they've done over the course of years is built up a very, very viable and profitable business model. And what, what, what's interesting about this, and I'm not sure if I'm, you know, if I, if I just came into this, but how Jody and Vincent banded together, it's an interesting story because they're very successful independent operators here in Florida. And what happened was there's a company that the one company who's bigger than we are, they're the biggest company nationwide. What they did uh, is point and earmark successful independent operators from East Coast to West and to buy them out, literally. And that's what they happened. That company approached both Jody and Vincent, who were actually competitors against each other. That's pretty interesting. But what they did if they approached them, bought them out, and then they asked them to manage that co- uh, the bench, the accounts that they sold to that company uh, after they uh, did the, the sale of the, the business. So what had happened was they, they worked together. That's how they got to know each other. And then they started seeing, you know, what, what the, the business model of that company, what was successful and what was not quite as successful. And you have to realize, though, these guys – they, they build up their customer base, and quite frankly, the customer base is basically friends of theirs. I mean, over the course of years, they're very good at keep nourishing that relationship, and they're very good on the operations end. However, once they were bought out, the business, there was a, a different business model that started taking over those accounts, and it didn't quite work out the way they liked to see the services rendered. And therefore, they said, you know what? Uh, we're going to go ahead and give our notice and wait till our non-compete expires, right. and then we're going to business against you folks. Because if you can do what you do on a national scale, then we sure as heck can do a lot better job uh, on a nationwide scale through the direct distribution of services through franchise. And so uh, they started up Spiritwise uh, over five years ago. Yeah, and, and before that, they have years and years of experience that uh, they brought to the table for Spiritwise. 
but they knew what they needed to do was to expand nationwide and not be a company-owned entity. And so what they did is they sought out to uh, franchise the system, and that's when I got involved with them to, to put them on the map, basically. And quite frankly, uh, there's a number of qualities that I look for for a franchise system that take my, you know, expose them to the franchise community. And the first one are the support mechanisms for the franchisees. And I've been a franchisee, and I've developed for other companies. I've been around the community for quite some time. And the support mechanisms really are going to make or break a franchisor. And what they bring to the table is, now, first of all, we look for strategic partners who want to align themselves with our, our business model, embrace our business, uh, our mission statement, and therefore, so we don't make a race out of this, but you know, quite frankly, we're going at a pretty healthy clip. But we bring in strategic partners because we want to make sure that it's a long-term relationship. If you'll find on the franchise fee, it's on the, you know, basically on the low end spectrum, and that is not a profit center for us whatsoever, because here's the first support mechanism that we bring to bear, is that we'll, we'll make a sales effort for our franchisee partners. It's a three-pronged approach. We'll do an email blast, we'll do a direct blast, and then we'll fly our salespeople out to their territories and make a sales effort for them for the first month that they're in business. And that's the first support mechanism that really you know, resonated well with me since I've been on the other side of the table being a franchisee. Right, and, 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 and that's what I was going to ask you, Brad, uh, um, you know, what sold you on, you know, this franchise? And uh, it's interesting you're a former franchisee. And I was going to ask, you know, I, I, how do you describe the Superior Watch franchise system to potential franchisees? But that's probably in line with maybe why you got involved with, uh, uh, you know, a Superior Watch. So, um, yeah, um, you know, definitely continue to, you know, give the different ways, uh, you know, besides a support mechanism, I guess there's a few more things that you saw in the company. Well, absolutely. That the other thing is that uh, we do the billing and collecting for our franchising partners. And in reality, that that's the downfall of all the independents. We're in a very uncrowded market space here. And the, the competition out there, there's only, like I said before, there's only one other company who's bigger than we are, and then we're the second largest clean company, but we're the fastest growing company in our space. Outside of that, it's basically your independent mom-and-pop operation. Right. And here's the thing for those folks, and that Jody and Vincent, you know, they, they, they were those independents out there. They know the challenges of a startup and, more importantly, for long-term success. And one of the things that really handicaps those folks out there, if they're not aligned with a company such as ours, they're trying to do the billing and collecting. They're trying to do the sales. They're trying to wash the vehicles at the same time. And then worst-case scenario on the billing and collecting, it turns into where well, they're chasing money because it's a net 30 business. They're not going to get paid after surrendering service until a month later if they pay on time. Right, and, right, right, right. Not the best way to grow a business by having to have your hands doing all of that. So yeah, exactly. So they know what to take away and what hats that the franchising needs to wear to grow their business in the manner that these guys have done very successfully over the course of you know about 20 years. So all that's delivered on the silver product for our franchising partners. So all they have to concentrate on is rendering the service, making sure they're doing what we you know, we embrace our mission statement. We soap, wash, and rinse each and every day. Don't shortcut the wash process. All right, if they're overseeing the operation, making sure that's done each and every time they're out in the field, and then they're making a sales of it, those are the hats that they need to wear to grow their businesses, uh, their business from one truck to two to three to four. And that's the key to our success, the support. And that's more of a partnership arrangement versus here's your marketing materials, here's your uh, yellow paint jam, radio ad, good luck, but, but give us a call when you need help. It's totally different with what we have. Interesting, yeah. Uh, what role ha has technology played in your business? Brad, uh, maybe you can answer that one. Uh, you know, Technology, I'm sure, is an important role. It, it's, it's huge for us. Because here's the other thing about our industry. Uh, the, the, the Clean Water Act that's been around for some time that's enforced by the EPA, that, that's critical for our industry that, you know, if you're going out there washing these vehicles on site, that you cannot let that water, that gray water, uh, go down the storm drain. Fines will be imposed. There'll be some cleanup at excessive cost for the, the customers if that water goes down the storm drain. So what we bring to bear in our technology is for water recovery, 
it's EPA approved and compliant, and it's, it's, it's an overkill, so to speak. So we're, lying, you know, we're ready for the next 10 years because that's going to be more and more influence from the EPA is going to have more of, an, uh, more of an influence on these companies that don't, you know, or turning a blind eye to the independents that are going out there washing the vehicles and let that rainwater go down the storm drain. So right. what we, the bearer is a water recovery system that's proprietary. And like I said, it's, 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 it's an overkill, but we want it that way. And that's what really separates us from a lot of the competition out there, that we do recover that water. We're very green friendly because when we, not only do we recover that water, but we recycle that water. So that water doesn't get dumped out of waste treatment. So we recycle it ourselves. Our franchisees, they have a, a proprietary water filtration system. And then when they, that water is uh, filtered out, they end up with clean soap water to go out and field the next day. So there's, there's, that, those are the, some uh, strong points about our business model that benefits not only the franchisee, but it benefits the environment. Yes, yeah, so, so just to be clear, guys, um, it, this is an on-site uh, you know, vehicle washing business, uh, and you, you go to someone's location, you work for some uh, Fortune 500, some, some big-name companies, uh, the, you know the truck is there, and you know. But where does the water come from? It's a, you know a little confusing. You know, how do you actually? Is it the company's on-site water that's being used? Is it the water that's in the truck? I mean, explain that a little bit. Well, you start out. The tanks are all filled up in the morning, and then okay. they go out. And then as the, the water is being depleted, they fill up at the company's site. That's part of the arrangement. Companies are, you know, they have no problem with that. So we never run out of water when we're on the field. It just doesn't happen. Right. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting, guys, too, because, you know, it really is such, you know, Don and I were saying earlier on, I mean, it is such an important service, you know. I mean, a truck is really a representation, or it's almost like an advertisement to, uh, you know, to the public, you know, and, and thousands of people see that truck every single day, you know, so it is so important to keep that truck clean. Um, you know, so it is a great service. And something that you were mentioning, um, uh, Brad, was I guess attributed to that was the Clean Water Act, right? It was in 1990 um, that law was passed. Um, Correct. And you know, people are more conscious today. Yeah, I mean, that, that word "green" is a very powerful word. You know, Don and I were talking in segment one of the show. Uh, you know, just our society is, is is now interested, you know, in the environment. You know, it's become a, an important topic. So I, I think it's a great service that you guys are providing. Yeah, it's a great service. And here's the thing, you know. That, that the customers are, you know, our <clears throat> clients, if you will, they're companies that have to have the service. Definitely have a recession-resistant posture, especially you know, with the gas prices go up and the economy is a little bit rocky. These companies have to have the vehicle clean from two standpoints: one, from right. a maintenance point, and the second, from an advertising standpoint. These vehicles are out there, that, like you said, they're representing the company. Their branding, their their billboards on four wheels or AC wheels, what have you, they need to be clean. And we can always show. Here's the thing that our franchise uh, definitely raised as well, and I understand the value of the table. That so there's been some companies that have tried to uh, wash their vehicles internally. They can never, ever do it at the cost savings that we can do for them. And they, they they've learned the hard way. Some of these companies have actually built out wash bays. And they have their people wash the vehicles internally. But when we approach them, when we show them and what we charge, because it's a, a barn-based price schedule from the table, they always ultimately find out if they can, if they outsource it to us, it's at a greater cost they than doing get internally time and time again. And that, quite frankly, there's some companies where our people are embedded in their wash base five days a week, washing their vehicles and facilities that they build out for their own employees. So. We're, we're, you know, that's the second quality of this system that really resonates well with me is that we have a recession and posture uh, within the uh, economy. Yeah, well said. Are there any numbers, guys, on, on the industry? I mean, it went, how, this is a pretty big industry, isn't it? it it's, a, it's a big industry, but it's pretty much untapped. Mm -hmm. I, I'm telling you, I've lived in a very uncrowded market space. We're in a business that people don't realize we're a viable business or a business at all. Some of the uh, people inquire about our franchise system. They say, geez, I didn't realize this was a business. Well, it's a business, but quite frankly, it's a big business. If it's done right the way our, uh, Vincent and Jody had said it up right. in Florida, we've already saturated Florida, and they're doing the same thing up and down the East Coast. And um, 
We're spreading less. We finished up with Texas and all the major marketplaces. We're in Canada now, and then now we've got the first franchise on the West Coast in California. And uh, the clip that we're going, we will take over major marketplaces in 2015. Interesting. What uh, types of characteristics uh, do you look for in a franchisee, guys? Uh, you know what? First of all, we, we look for someone who really has a passion for what we're doing. We're, right. we're, we're not looking for folks who, again, we're looking for the, the wrong dollar. And what we mean by that is our revenue and our growth, there, our income is going to come from the royalty stream. That front money is, like I said, is reinvested into the franchisee. So what we need to have is a passion, someone who really understands our business model and really has a passion for performing a service of our nature. That's got to be first and foremost. If there's apathy on the other person's part and they say, well, I'm just looking for a nice ROI, you know, that's great and all, but you know what, for the long run, we need someone who really embraces our mission statement and has a passion for what we do. So that's the first thing we look at. Then, of course, the financial considerations come into place. And we're very guarded in that because we have a lot of people, you know, they're very interested in they really like what we have. But if they're undercapitalized, you know, we're not going to go that with, with them because, again, we're not making a race out of this. We need to find ourselves with right strategic partners, and we're looking for that long-term relationship. So if they don't have the necessary work for, uh, working capital requirements, then we're going to let them know because we'll run a cash flow projection sheet for them with them with their engaging with them before they decide whether there's a relationship or not. And if not, then we have to let them know to come back with a X amount more working capital. So those are the, you know, those two qualities right there to look at. Um, you know, if they have prior business experience, that's not as necessary as that passion. I mean, if they have a passion and they keep their, you know, their cup hat empty to embrace our business model and follow it to the letter, then you know what, we've got some like to really look at and engage and see if there's a long-term relationship there for us in the future. Right. Yeah, that was a question I was going to ask. I'm always interested in certain franchise systems if they want people with that prior business ownership, but, you know, most of the time, uh, you just, like you're right, just want people with the passion. Right. Uh, just, you know, what Marty and I have been preaching for several years, when you invest in a franchise, you just got to follow the system. It's all been worked out. Uh uh, Jody, what's been the most interesting thing that's happened to you at Superior Wash? It's a good question, right? Hello? I think we might have lost Jody, Don. Oh, we lost Jody? Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back to Brad. I, want, I, I, want, oh, I, I wanted to talk to Brad about the, the training. What's the training like for new franchisees? The training, <laughs> it's pretty encompassing. We've really revamped uh, it. We've really uh, bolstered it out more. Uh, because as a franchiser, as you go along, you constantly have to take calls. You constantly have to adjust your, your, your training and, uh, and enhance the programs you bring to bear. And training is critical. It really sets the tone for the relationship. And you know, it's the beginning of the training. The two weeks training that we bring to bear is just the start. It's ongoing, obviously. But uh, we cover everything from A to Z. And really, you have the operations end, of course, and that's week uh, uh, week two. But week one is the admin part, which really, you know, you have your billing and cash uh, uh, receivable modules, and then you have the training. And training, or excuse me, sales. And sales, this is what we let every new potential franchise partner who comes in fires and uh, the people coming to the system, we let them all know that the sales component of this business model is critical. It's a sales-driven business. Now, they don't have to be a salesperson or they don't have to be the person going out there doing the sales, but they have to understand that's critical to grow your business. So we spend about three days on training, and that, that's really what we really started uh, adding to the, train, to the training modules because we really uh, it used to be about a day long and then said, you know, you know what, really need to home in on this better. And uh, as a franchisor, you never arrive. Our, our methodology is, you know what, we're good today, but we've got to, we have to constantly improve ourselves and uh, enhance everything that we do. And on the tra uh, sa uh, training end, we knew that the sales had to be bolstered up even more. So we've done that. And quite frankly, the training even starts before they get in to our facility because we send out uh, PowerPoint modules for them that cover scheduling, sales, 
and P&L uh, uh, analysis to them before they even come in for the training. So we give them even a greater head start, and then that by the time they arrive, they have kind of like a working knowledge of our, our training modules that are coming down there, then we reinforce it when they're there. And then after the two weeks of training, then they go back to their marketplace and to greet them is our salesperson who's going to do the uh, initial sales effort for them in their marketplace. But again, though, we constantly have webinars. We constantly have uh, uh, monthly uh, conference calls with the franchisee partners that are theme-based and revolves around the support mechanism we bring to bear. And quite frankly, we always engage our franchisees and ask them, you know, what do we need to do better to help you? We're always, and we get a lot of input and we don't turn a deaf ear to that. You know, some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't, but you know, the, the stuff that makes sense that's coming up by our franchise partners, we use, quite frankly, that pure and simple. And we'll never change that, that attitude, we'll never change that approach that we have for ongoing training and support. So I, I, I personally, I feel we have a very robust, uh, robust, uh, robust training program. And I've been on the other end, and I've seen some other training programs. This one, I think, is, is, is good. But it can always get better, and we'll always say that down the road that would get better. That's great. So important. What's a typical day like, Brad? How would you describe like a typical day if there is such a thing uh, for a Superior Wash franchisee? Uh, that's a great question. The typical day uh, for the, the franchisee partners, they're gonna they're gonna get up in the morning, and it's gonna be early time, probably around you know 5:30. They're gonna get to the workplace at six. They're gonna get with their crew. They're going to get them all ready to go, you know, do all the safety checks and all the check, uh, checklists, go through the checklist for the trucks, making sure everything's important and ready to go. And then they're going to get, send their people uh, who are washing the vehicles and send them out on out the field. And then what they do is they, they're going to have their salesperson. They'll have a meeting with their salesperson in the morning, and then that salesperson is out from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, making a consistent sales effort for the company. Now, their franchisee partner, as they over, uh, from their salesperson leaves around the field, then what they're going to do is they're going to go out around the field and touch base with the crews and touch base with those customers. Usually, it's, you know, 99% of the time it's the fleet managers of these companies like FedEx, Flatwiser, and then some of the mid-range companies, and quite frankly, smaller uh, range companies. They're going to touch base with those folks, see how things are going, oversee their crew, making sure they're doing the job correctly, and that's that, that's critical right there. You know, we tell all of our franchisee partners that, you know, getting the, the work is kind of at times the easy part. The, the part that you really have to focus in on is the quality of the services that we render. Because we've built up such a reputation in our, our marketplace and on the East Coast and so forth that we do the job right. We show up on time. We soap, brush, and rinse each and every vehicle. And I'm going to say it again. Soap, brush, and rinse each and every vehicle, we don't shortcut this wash process, which is at times rampant in this industry. That's where we develop an you know, excellent rapport with our customers and develop our reputation in the industry. So we're going to protect that. And that's what we, you know, we really foster in the minds of our franchise partners that don't be as focused throughout the day on the sales. You hire a salesperson, let them focus on it, but make sure that your crew is doing the job that we represent. So when they're out there, touching base with those folks. They touch base with the customers, but then they're going to touch base with the, the neighbors out there, especially in the industrial areas, because if they're washing vehicles in, in an industrial area, there's going to be other companies that have leased of vehicles, and that's a good time to go touch base and say, hey, you know what, uh, my name's Bob, and I'm with uh, Superior Wash, and we're doing uh, the XYZ company's vehicles next door to you, and hey, we'd like to you know, earn your business. How about a free uh, demo wash to show what we do for you? That's what our franchisee partner is going to do throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, then they're going to collect all the work orders from the, uh, their crews who've gone out on site, and then they prep their, their, the billing reports that need to come down. And, you know, in a nutshell, a broad brush nutshell, that's what the, the day in the life of a franchisee partner. That's a nice situation, Brad, that, uh, like you said, uh, you know, getting business, which is always tough for any business, but in this case, like you said, an untapped market, so there's a good chance that a new franchisee is going to be able to get business pretty quickly. That's not really the problem. It's actually doing the, you know, the work. The service is what it comes down to, service and price, I guess, like, like a lot of businesses. But uh, you know, it's nice that they don't have that 
you know, big problem that uh, through corporate or through their own, you know, advertising and marketing, uh, you know, the business is there for them. It's just a matter of doing a good job. Without question. And that's, that's something we really have to hammer home because right. uh, sometimes the franchisees are so concerned about those sales. If the sales will come, build up the reputation in the industry because it's a very tight network out there with those fleet managers. And if they, these guys, they have a challenge. They're, they're challenged because they've gone through the gauntlet. They've had independence. What happens with the independence? They, they don't have, the, first of all, the, a lot of the te- uh, independents don't have the technology that we bring to bear for what is recovering water. Some don't have it at all and don't inform the, the potential customer that you know, they need to recover that water. Some of these fleet managers really don't understand that they have to recover that water. But first right. of all, the, the fleet manager's job is in jeopardy by these but second of all, they don't necessarily have all the required insurances in place. Workman's comp, general liability, but here's the third one that we bring to bear that a lot of independents can't uh, provide because it's kind of it's not cost effective for them, and that's environmental protection liability insurance. We pay for that because it's very costly. We provide it for our franchise partners. So those fleet managers are looking for that. And then, quite frankly, they're just looking for vendors to do the right thing. It's as simple as that. So flush and rinse each and every vehicle. There's a phrase in this industry that's called writing down numbers. And what that means, and I, I, this is the reality of it, is writing down numbers means skipping the wash process. It's like because you're... you're Sometimes you're washing vehicles at night or in the morning or out in the, 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 the parking lot, and the fleet manager is not going to oversee the process every day. And some of these people, they want to get in, get out, and they'll just spray down the vehicles because they look clean enough, and then off they go. And worst-case scenarios, they might not wash them at all or wash a portion of them, not wash the rest of them, right. and out they go 8 o'clock at night. That's the challenge for these fleet managers. They're tired of going through that. So when they finally find out about us and they make those reference calls that because we give them reference sheets, and say, call these these uh, fleet managers at these states that were servicing your company. They make those calls, and all of a sudden they hear about, oh yeah, got a great reputation. They do the right thing. They're consistent. The billing is correct. That's another issue with those managers. Then you know what? They're they're going to engage with us, and then it's up to us. It's incumbent upon us and our franchising partners to follow through with our mission statement. That is to do the right thing. It's as simple as that. So brush and rinse each and every vehicle and have accurate volume. That's what we bring to bear. That's a good point, Brad, the consistency and quality. And just another reason why the advantage of investing in a franchise system, something like insurance, which a new business owner starting out, you don't think uh, the importance of that, but through the corporate, you can save and, and get discounts and quality insurance. Uh, you know, very good point you brought up. Yeah, no, I agree. Brad, we have about 30 seconds. What's the best way for our listeners to get more information on becoming a Superior Wash franchisee? I always, you know, I always say it. Right there. I'm going to start our website. Okay, great. I think you're going to the website. Hey, Don, we're going to put a link up um, right. on our show page as well, and naturally, people can go back and hear the uh, archives of the whole interview. And I want to thank you again, Brad. You've been a fantastic guest, and I'd like to have you guys back on a future show. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, Marty, I think that uh, just to repeat, uh, their web address is superiorwashfranchise.com. Okay, superiorwashfranchise.com, and I'll get that up on the show page today so our listeners can actually access it, but it's pretty easy. But a great concept, though, huh, Don? I mean, very interesting. Right, yep, and a very nice, uh, and they also have a very nice uh, website. doesn't seem like a difficult sale either, you know, as you were, you know, you brought up, you know, I mean, it was just basically, it seemed like just, you know, kind of going in there, introducing yourself, talking about your concept, and um, it kind of seems like it sells itself, you know, so. It's a service business, but there's a lot of small little details, I guess, like in any business, the details are what what counts. I guess anybody want to contact Superior Wash, uh, uh, 877-794-9274 is to their headquarters, so, yeah, interesting, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting franchise. All right, good. Well, you did a good job, Don. And uh, again, next week we have, is it, was it Naturel? Yes. That's fantastic. Well, you have a great day, Don, and I'll be talking to you next week. Good job. Thanks, Marty. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.